Good okay, evening, everyone. My name. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. My name is Matt J.F. I'm enjoying fellowship. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, living in Kentucky, and do um, Let's see. So I, I never really know what to say on these on these meetings, but. I think that tonight, um, I'll just kind of start out by qualifying. We'll see where it goes. So, um, as I said, my name is Matt J.F. I have been in this program for um, a little over 1,500 days. I only know that because I have a reminder set on my phone when it's another 100 days. Um, so I, I came into this program in late February of 2019. Uh, I believe what's true for me is that I've been a compulsive operator for my entire life. I believe that I was born this way and I will die this way. Um, I hope I don't die from it, but I will certainly die while being it. Uh, I am 52 years old. I'm five foot eight, roughly. Uh, my top weight was 380 pounds. My weight today is you know, 225 to 230, depending on the day. Um, and I was grossly morbidly obese for uh, my entire adult life. In 2003, I had Ruin Y gastric bypass surgery, the open kind. I was laid open like a fish, gunned on the table. Um, and, you know, the, the stomach pouch, the rerouting the small intestine, the whole thing. Um, which did fundamentally change my relationship with food. Uh, but it didn't really change food's relationship with me, if that makes sense. So uh, I did lose, I, I eventually stabilized between 250 and 270 and remained there for 16 years. Um, so physically, I mean, I, you know, I was, that's about 110, 120 pound weight loss. Physically, I felt much better. And I thought I was happy a lot of the time. Like, I, I thought I had a good life, and I thought that um, I, I didn't see a problem, except that, except for every time I looked in the mirror, or every time I looked down at my body, or every time I shopped for clothes, or every time I ate until I was so physically uncomfortable that I just, like, wanted to die. Um, I hated my body. And I and that wasn't dysmorphia. That was just me hating how fat I was. And I hated myself for not being able to solve the fat problem. Um, my whole life, there, I feel like there are sort of two main hooks on which my identity hangs, and one of them is smart and the other is fat. And um, you know, I, I made my living on smart, but the smart could never solve the fat. And that was just endlessly frustrating and confounding and bewildering to me because I'm a good problem solver. And it's not like I don't understand how it works, right? Calories in, calories out. It's a math problem. I'm good at math. And when, I don't, when I'm not good at math, I'm good at spreadsheets. I'll solve this problem eventually. 
Never happened. So um, when I came to this program, uh, I did not believe I was a compulsive overeater. I had heard of Overeaters Anonymous, um, but uh, I'd, I'd spoken to my, uh, at the time, my girlfriend about the program once, um, and she was in recovery in the beverage program, uh, and, and a lot of our friends, my friends, were also in recovery in the beverage program, some of them with excellent recovery in the beverage program, and I was a big believer in 12-step programs generally, but the one time that she and I discussed OA, she, she asked what I thought of it, and I said, I think it's BS, except I didn't say BS. And she asked me why, and I said, because step one is we admitted we were powerless over food in our lives to become unmanageable, and that's not me. I'm not anorexic. I'm not bulimic. I don't weigh, you know, 900 pounds. I can get out of bed. I can sit through a doorway. And I'm not going to binge eat until something inside me ruptures and I die of sepsis. So go after yourself. Like that guy said, I didn't say F. That's not me. Said the guy who had gastric bypass surgery. Um, but uh, in February, February of 2019, for reasons that are too silly to go into, um, I found myself uh, needing to listen to a big book step study, um, which I assumed when I went to YouTube to search for it would be AA. But um, because YouTube is owned by Google, when I searched for big book step study in YouTube, this is for my job, by the way, it was not for recovery. I don't I don't drink. I'm not an alcoholic. Like this is this is my drug of choice. Um, anyway, when I searched for Big Book Step Study, YouTube, well, Google, very helpfully supplied as the very first search result an Overeaters Anonymous Big Book Step Study, uh, which I did not uh, think was a very kind thing for Google to do at the time. But um, I listened. I listened, I decided I would listen to that instead of, you know, look at the second or third link on that list. And um, so, I, you know, the big book talks about contempt prior to investigation. That was me. Um, the, the last line of the doctor's opinion uh, says something about, you know, though he, though he may come at first to scoff, he may remain to pray. I came to scoff. I, I, I entered that, listening to that step study, um, thinking that, you know, okay, let's see how this works for those people and not really believing that it ever could. So um, it was by a man named Laurie C, uh, L-A-W-R-I-E. Uh, it's still on YouTube. He's very active in, in our program and uh, and it is wonderful. If you've never listened to it, I, I really can't recommend it more. If you go to YouTube and you search for Overeaters Anonymous Big Book Step Study, it will surely come up. So I'm listening, and I'm I'm following along. He's qualifying. And I didn't identify with what he was talking about. In fact, one of the stories he told about his, you know, compulsive overeating life was so disgusting to me that I remember thinking, I'm going to need to turn this off because I was in a rental car and I didn't want to throw up in the rental car. And I was like, I'm going to puke if I listen to this guy talk about this anymore. And that was when he said, 
what I now consider to be the doctor's opinion in like 17 words, for me, there are some foods that once I start, I can't stop, and I can't stop from starting. And my goose was cooked. I, there was simply, like when confronted with the definition of a compulsive overeater in such simple terms, there was just no way for me to deny that that was true. Like I had tried to quit Coca-Cola dozens of times over the years. And I don't know what the longest amount of time I managed to stay stopped was, maybe six months, but the shortest amount of time and the most common amount of time was like the time it took me to be standing in front of the machine at the McDonald's, holding the cup, looking at the fountain, thinking I really need to give this up after this one and pushing the cup against the lever. And the same was true for a bunch of other foods. Like, I mean, I just knew it immediately. So um, I, I, by the time I finished listening to that step study, um, I started on a Saturday, you know, around midday, and on Sunday I finished my 17-hour drive and finished listening to the step study. Um, and I, I got home Sunday night, and I made a list of the foods that I could think of that once I started I couldn't stop, and I couldn't stop from starting. And by the grace of God and Google Monday morning, I just woke up as a person who didn't eat those foods anymore. And I don't know how that happened. If I did, believe me, I'd write a book and it would be a bestseller and, and you know, I would drop off the face of the earth. Um, so that's, that's sort of what happened. Um, but but I sort of I think I think about how I landed in the program and why it took hold so strongly and so immediately. And I think it was this. But so I, that Monday, I think I sort of had by the time I finished listening to that step study, and I woke up Monday morning, I think of myself as like I had sort of just kind of stumbled down steps one through three, and was just kind of in a heap, like at the foot of step four. And um, and there I remained abstinent for about, I don't know, four or five months, six months until I eventually found a, a big book sponsor through a very uh, prominent big book focused meeting called A Vision for You. Um, people talk about there being vision sponsors. No such thing. Um, vision's just a meeting. I found a big book sponsor through that meeting, and that sponsor took me through the steps, and uh, and I became recovered. Um and the reason I say I sort of crashed through steps one through three was uh, I was lucky. You know, I, I I wasn't looking for a way to lose weight when I came to this program. In fact, there's a saying in our program you may have heard, I came for the vanity, I stayed for the sanity. That wasn't my story. I didn't come for the vanity. I think what drew me in was the peace and calm and equanimity and grace that I heard in Laurie C's voice. I think what I wanted was his sanity. That's what he had that I wanted. Um, I, I couldn't see a picture of him. In fact, I didn't know how his name was spelled for a long time because it's an unconventional spelling. Um, I wanted what I heard in his voice. And so for me, steps one through three were like, Step one, another like the way I think of it now is, 
I just had to stop insisting and denying a completely undeniable truth for me to deny that for me there are some foods that once I start, I can't stop, and I can't stop from starting would be like for me to deny that I have brown eyes. I have brown eyes. You can tell by looking. And, I, and for me, there are some foods that once I start, I can't stop, and I can't stop from starting. You can tell by looking. There's just too much objective evidence for me to possibly insist that that's not true. So I had to stop denying this undeniable truth, and that was step one. I came to this program, so, so step two, right, is um, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Um, step two really then was just, it just sort of made logical sense to me that if I fully take step one, if I'm truly powerless over food, and 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 my life is unmanageable. What does unmanageable mean? Well, step two says that that God can restore me to sanity. So to me, that implies that unmanageable is insane. What's insane? Denying the observable objective evidence of my eyes and everyone else's. So if I want to be restored to sanity, you know, like I didn't choose this. Um, Maybe some of you on the line feel like you did, but I, I am I am as sure that I can be that I did not choose this. I was born this way. And my parents didn't choose it. No human power created this condition from which I wanted to recover. How is any human power going to solve it? So step two is like, I think there are only two possibilities. Either, like door number one is, I'm screwed. There's no source of power that will enable me to overcome this problem and recover. Door number two is, maybe there is. So when I came to this program, I was a devout agnostic. I didn't have any religious background. I had no solid conception or concept of like a higher power. I didn't, I had prayed like less than a dozen times in my life probably, excluding like saying grace at Thanksgiving. Um, Because, you know, had to get to the food. Um, but I just didn't worry about it. I just trusted that if I worked the program as it was outlined in the, I mean, the, the big book is a very clear instruction manual. It is very dated. It is very sexist. It is very, it was incredibly written in 1939 and very, very, very written primarily by white men. Yes, all of those things are true. But if one can read through those things and pass those things, it is a very simple set of instructions and none of the, thank you, none of the things in it are hard to do. So I just sort of thought like, you know what? I don't know what I think my higher power is, but I'm just gonna trust that it's either true that there isn't one and I'm gonna try this and it won't work, or there is one and I'm gonna try it and it will. And that's not up to me. So step two was, I just had to pick a door. And I chose door number two. Let's see what happens. So step one, stop denying an undiable truth. Step two, like, give it a shot. What do I have to lose? Step three then was just, so what, what does it mean to take step three? It means starting step four. It means trusting that whatever that higher power is, going to be okay. I'm going to survive step four, the scary step We'll see what happens. 
And that was it. By the way, before too long, I did come to a conception of a higher power that has remained with me ever since. And it's taken directly from the dick book. It's that God is everything, period. Um, it, everything, including me. Like, I'm part of that somehow. And so, like, that's kind of the good news and the bad news is that I'm part of that somehow. The reason it's good and bad news is that if I'm part of that, so is everyone else, including all the people of whom I am so resentful all the time. So maybe, just maybe, it's all happening exactly the way it's supposed to. And if that's true, what do I need to have all these feelings about it for? So I have like three minutes left, and I think I want to say a couple things that are geared toward newcomers. If you're new to this program and you're wondering, like, can it possibly work? Can it really, you know, make me thin or make me lose weight or make me lose 100 pounds? I don't know. I haven't lost 100 pounds in this program. I've lost more than 100 pounds from my high, from my top weight. But most of what I have gotten from this program is not about my weight. It's not about the, you know, 35, 40 pounds I've, I've shed while in this program. It is about the incredibly enlarged and enriched spiritual space that exists within me where now like there's room for all the feelings that I used to not have any room for. As my body shrunk, the space inside got bigger. So if you're early and you're wondering like, can it work? Works for me, still does. If you're wondering, but you know, like how can I, how, how can I reconcile my conception of, of God that I grew up with, with like a higher power of my recovery? What I, what I tell people who say that to me is, I mean, maybe you have to, I, I don't know, but making, reconciling those two concepts a requirement to proceed to step four and recover seems like a choice to me. There's nothing in the big book that says that the God of your recovery has to be the God of your religion. Yes, it uses the word God to the capital G. I just think of it as shorthand for what it says in step two, a power greater than myself that can restore me to sanity. In fact, I don't even like the phrase great, higher power as much as I like greater power. It just has to be sufficient and sufficiently reliable to enable me to stay abstinent and recover when otherwise I couldn't. And sometimes people, sometimes I, I will hear people say, like, I don't feel a connection to my higher power I feel like I'm out of touch. I feel, and I, I always ask them the same question. I, like, I get it. Sometimes I feel that way too. But I remind myself, if God, for me, if God is truly everything, then the notion that God could feel out of touch with me is crazy, ludicrous. It's impossible. So if you feel like you don't have a connection to your higher power, or you feel like you've lost touch with it, or you're blocked from it, Maybe ask yourself, is it possible that my higher power feels disconnected from me? Is it possible that my higher power feels blocked from me? Is it possible that my higher power doesn't have a concept of me? Because it strikes me that that's the important part. Because as I go through the steps, I don't need to have God's back. God needs to have my back. I don't need to know where God is to feel safe and protected. I just have to trust that there's a higher power that is sufficient to enable my recovery. And again, like, I could be wrong. But what do I have to lose? 
by just proceeding as if there is one and trusting that it'll all work out. And that's the last thing I would say, if you're new, and I'll wrap up with this. I know my time's about out. Um, Here to if remind you're new, you. if you're thank you. If you're new, if you're struggling, if you're, um, if you're wondering if you've made the right choice, you're on the right path, um, you're worried about whether your absence is good enough, whether you'll be able to finish the steps, here's what I would tell you. Don't worry. What if it's all just going to work out exactly the way it's supposed to? What if? There's just as much evidence for that as for anything else. And what if you just keep doing it? What if you just keep trying? And what if God's not judging us the way that we judge ourselves? I don't know. That feels, that feels better to me. And that's how I would describe what it's like today. It's just better, a little more all the time. And with that, I will pass. Thank you for the opportunity to be of service tonight.